Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, gpbgpb.org, the GPB Sports app, available iOS and Android, your favorite podcatcher if you're just listening to the audio version. John here, Hannah there, and basically it, it's time for the playoffs. We're matching today, too. That is true. For the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and all of the blue that's here, it's almost it's almost like, you know, if this was like green screens and, and stuff, we'd just be blending in. But we so, would. But you know, all you would see is like the head with the headphones mm-hmm. and everything. We're like the blue man group today. Uh, except that uh, if we did the thing with the drums and you're smashing the paint and up the in the air. the going everywhere. The folks here, <laughs> King James would not be a fan of that. He would not enjoy all of the paint not going Not on the over. cameras. No. No. Uh, the Outlaw Jesse and uh, Jake the Snake and King James would not be happy with all the paint going into all the electronic equipment that we have here. I just think it's hilarious. We're matching. It's playoff season. Yep. There's nothing better. It's like, get in here and let's talk about the 256. <laughs> let's get this over with. Let's, let's get this moving. And, and this, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to do this particular format for a couple of these mm-hmm. here for the playoffs where we're bringing in some of the Football Fridays and Georgia All-Stars. This one's going to be fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was gonna, like we have just... five, six, seven guests on today. Yes, we don't. Rapid fire. Uh-huh. We are going to talk about who's in and who's out. Yep. Underdogs, mm-hmm. upsets, yep. matchups we're most looking forward to, top uh-huh. players, right. dark horses. Yes. I mean, I've got a list of questions here. And what we decided to do was instead of us picking our top games from mm-hmm. the last week of the regular season, right. we decided to have our friends from all over the state decide for us yep. and talk about um, basically what's happening where they are, north, east, west, south, uh-huh. central. Uh-huh. Um, recap last week and talk about what's to come with playoff season. And I'm, ex- I'm really excited to talk to everybody. Here is the list of folks that is going to be a part of Rapid Fire. The, the notion is to have five good minutes with each and every single one of these individuals. Todd Holcomb of the Georgia High School Football Daily, Christian Gokel from ESPN Coastal, uh, Rex and Jack from WRBL-TV down in Columbus from the Prep Zone. They're uh, really, really good guys, and I would recommend watching all of their highlights as they pop up on Friday nights from the Western Frontier. Uh, Paige Dower, who we're bringing in, uh, especially My girl. you're bringing in your girl from the bullpen from WALB-TV mm-hmm. down in Albany, Marvin James from WMAZ in Macon, and Matt Stewart, the voice of Football Fridays in Georgia. So this one's going to be one where we are flying to get all the answers from all these folks. Yep. Well, Todd Holcomb will be our first guest, but before we get to him, while we wait for him to call in, I thought we'd recap our Football Friday in Georgia game of the week. I was not a part of the show. You were in in New Orleans or driving to New Orleans, right? I was in New Orleans. Uh Came back feeling worse than I left. (laughs) But we're here. Allergies are lovely, aren't they? We're here. We're we made it in today. Dominant performance and that's by Buford. All that matters. Thirty-five nothing at the half. One forty-two-seven over Decula for one of the fifteen region championships that mm-hmm. were going to be decided last Friday and Saturday. 
And it was just one of those uh, one of those games where you sit there, and if you haven't had a chance to see Buford, you got to see how dominant they can be across the board when you have two dozen uh, student athletes who are being looked at for heading to the next level very, very soon. Uh, dominant effort from Coach App and everybody there at Buford. So Buford had the, the win, and we had uh, the postgame show after that, talked to a lot of coaches around the state, and it was fun to catch up with them as well. But dominant effort from Buford to win the region title in 6 Yeah, senior quarterback Ashton Daniels. He had touchdowns passing, rushing, receiving, mm-hmm. and threw for 117 yards. How did I miss that one? See? That's awesome. See, this is what, what happens when you – Yeah, well, and it was uh, it was interesting where they, they literally pulled that trick out where it mm-hmm. ends up being a, an end around and a halfback pass, and it ends up the, the touchdown pass to Ashton Daniels. And you're seeing right now Ashton Daniels. Uh, Matt has compared him to Tom Brady, just Mr. Cool out wow. there. And we've seen him ever since he's been a freshman at Buford. So – uh, right now, Buford put the marker down in 6A, and uh, it's going to be really interesting if, as we fill out our brackets mm-hmm. in, the, in the quadrant, uh, in the low right, if, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at it right now. Brackets are out. GPB.org slash sports. Nicely done. Go check out all of the brackets. I've got it up right now. Buford is obviously the one seed. They will play Kell, mm-hmm. four seed, in the bottom right. That'll be Friday. Now, and also, if I'm not mistaken, in the quarterfinals, if chalk works its way through, mm-hmm. Lee County and Buford in the quarterfinals in low right as you're following it through. Yes, yes, yes. So you could have some very, very mm-hmm. interesting quarterfinal matchups. But uh, let's get into round one first and foremost before we go any further. We don't want to talk about the quarterfinals yet. We're not there yet. We've We're not the, there yet, John. It's just round. the first week. You the, get too excited. Calm down. There's no such thing as being too excited for the playoffs <laughs> in the field of two, 256 spots that were set aside. There were a couple of buys from uh, teams that were not going to be in the postseason or regions that weren't as, as big as four teams that mm-hmm. had teams qualify. So 256 spots available. And uh, Trinity Christian, by the way, it's going to get a bye. Alcovey's getting a bye as well. So I think Trinity Christian and Alcovey, they're going to win the bye week. Trying to see if Lasseter made the playoffs. I don't think so. Uh, well, let's see. So you would be in no. what, 6A or 7A? Yeah, this, this same bracket I'm in right now. No. Okay. Pope's in. Yeah, Pope's in. They were the three seed out of Region 6. So let's see what else. Region 6, Alatuna was the two. Kennesaw Mountain was the one. 6-4 is Kel. So no, you did not make nope. the postseason. Nope. Another season bites the dust for the Trojans. Yes. <laughs> you want to talk to Todd now? Let's talk to Todd. GHSF Daily. Editor and founder, Todd Holcomb, our friend who covers the entire state. We will not pin him to a certain part of the state for this one. No. But here he is. So, Todd, I guess my first question as we start five minutes worth of rapid fire for you, is there one big surprise that just leaps out at you, or was this pretty much how you had expected the postseason to go? Uh, I think it was fairly easy to forecast, unless you're talking about from you know preseason or something like that. Um, we could see a lot of these uh, really remarkable, you know, draws that you have. It just seems like more more than usual. You've got situations where you got two really good teams, the number one, number two team in the you know the quarterfinals, or really good teams in the second round. But we kind of could see that coming if you were paying attention. So nothing, nothing too surprising, though, otherwise, about the draws. On the other side of that, is there an underdog that squeaked through that you, that you see that could make a run for the championship? Yeah, as far, you know, yeah, I was thinking about that question. It's always a good one when the tournament's about to start. I would say that one team I really like that I think is good is Perry in 4A that nobody really talks about. 
It's uh, they're kind of in the top ten, but nobody thinks of them as a title contender. I can see them getting to the final and making a really good run. Um, other teams that I really like uh, Marietta, Brookwood. I think both of them are underrated. I'm not saying they can win it, but I think they can beat anybody on a good day. Um, also like Carver of Atlanta. I think they have a chance to make the semifinals or better. When you look at Perry, I mean, it was a team that played one of the weirdest scoring games that we saw last season when they were playing Marist deep in the the playoffs. You know, with uh, Brookwood, I think that the Brookwood bracket low left in 7A, as we're looking at that, you could end up with, uh, if if Chalk follows through, you could end up with something in that low left bracket where Colquitt County ends up coming to Brookwood Community to play Brookwood there. So Brookwood has a good shot at being a, a semifinalist with all these home games. Yeah, they've got a good draw. I mean, I think um, I think they can beat anybody in that quarter. They can make the the semifinals. Colquitt County and Walton um, are obviously good in that quarter, but they have to play each other the first round. Um, and then really, I think they can. I mean, I think Brookwood could beat anybody over there. That's the thing about Class Seven A historically, or the highest class, is you know it it always you always have two or three teams that you think are the favorites, but it's not uncommon at all to see a team outside of that to to make a run. I mean, people forget that Collins Hill. Um, they were not supposed to make the final last year. Um, you know, they were they were not ranked most of the year, and they made a run. I mean, teams like Milton, North Gwinnett have won it when people thought other teams were heavily favored. So that's always a fun one to watch. Right now it seems like, well, it's got to be Collins Hill or North Cobb, you know, maybe Milton. But, you know, it could be lots of teams. You never know in that class. Without jumping ahead, let's talk about this week, round one of the playoffs, what matchup or matchups are you most looking forward to? Well, the two best games by far are Walton and Colquitt County. They've both been in the top ten all year. I oh, think yeah. Both of them have been ranked third or fourth as high as that. So they're really good. The other one is Coffee at Creekside. They're both in the top ten all year. They, all four of those teams are teams that could have made the semifinals, and nobody would have been shocked. So, so those two stand out. And then other ones, uh, you know, in Class 6A, you've got – Two, I, I can't think of the names of the regions, but it's the region with Rome and Carrollton and those guys, along with the ones uh, with Johns Creek and Cambridge. When those two regions match up, yeah, region five games. and region seven, yeah, yeah, there you go. South Pauling at Cambridge, Johns Creek is playing at Carrollton, and um, yeah, Johns, yeah, Johns Creek at Rome, South Pauling at Cambridge, Johns Creek at. Carrollton. Did I get that right? No, I think I've got that wrong. Anyway, it's those teams matching up. Yeah, I think it's Johns Creek. Johns Creek and Rome, right? That's the 1-4. Yes, and South Paulding at Cambridge. That's the 2-3. Yeah, and Riverwood. Yeah, Riverwood's the other good team in that region. Yep, the Riverwood is going to be hosting Douglas County, a very stout defensive team. Which one of the classes do you think will be the hardest to navigate where the most folks will have the, the chance to win a championship? I'd say Class 5A would be the first one I'd think of. You've got kind of three uh, power centers in the state in 5A. You know, you've got the Warner Robins, Ware County grouping, and you've got Woodward Academy and Creekside. They're in the same region. And then you've got uh, also Blessed Trinity was in the region with Cartersville and Calhoun. So you got those three centers. And I have no idea which of those are the best. It'll, it'll probably <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, you'll probably think, oh, well, that makes sense. That region was a lot stronger than we thought, and they clearly won it. But as of right now, I have no idea who's going to win 5A. That should be a lot of fun. Hey, we've got a Cinderella story this year. We do. In Georgia Military, they won their first region title since 1960. I'm so excited for them. Todd, what, what have they been able to do this season? 
Well, they're undefeated. They're 10-0, and 0, and uh, like you said, first region title since 1960. Also, the first time they've been 10-0 and 0 or won 10 games since 1934. Wow. Yep. And their coach then was Wally Butts. I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, some people probably still have. I mean, that's, uh, you know, they, they've been playing football there for over 100 years, and so it's really a cool story. Um, I'd like to see them do well, although they, you know, the draw didn't do them any favors. They're going to have to play Manchester, a really good, probably the best number four seed in Class A public in the first round. So that'll be a tough out. Todd, thanks as always for your time, my friend. We will do this again as we get closer to the championships and after the championships as well. Thanks for your input and thanks for being a part of Rapid Fire with us heading into the playoffs. Sure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Next up, Christian Gokel from our friends at ESPN Coastal. It is Christian, it is John, and it is Hannah. So let's start with this one, Christian, in five good minutes of rapid fire. Any surprises heading into the postseason from the coast, or was it pretty much what you expected? Uh, I think it was pretty chalk the whole way through, but I want to give Tony Welch and Jenkins some credit. The fact that they were able to beat New Hampshire the final week of their regular season and earn that two-seed in a home playoff game after the disaster was the 2020 season, I want to give Jenkins a lot of credit. For those that don't keep up with coast football like we all do, how would you sum up the football season there? Uh, it's been really explosive offenses, I would say. Uh, you obviously start with Benedictine holding Garrett and Auburn commit uh, at quarterback, and then maybe one of the best seasons we've seen uh, out of a BC player in Justin Thomas. He's got 27 total touchdowns on the year, over 800 total yards. He's a baseball commit to Georgia, so explosive offenses. I know Jake Merklinger over at Calvary Day, they just wrapped up a 10-win undefeated season. Uh, he just visited Notre Dame. So just skill talent everywhere, and we've seen it defensively a lot in this area, but right now, offenses. Give me an underdog coming out of the coastal region that folks, you know, if they haven't been keeping an eye on things as well as you guys have down there, give me an underdog that folks can, can gravitate toward here in round one. I think there's a couple. I would say the first one to me is McIntosh. Those guys down at single-A public, nobody really pays a whole lot of attention to them, but they tied Glen Academy, who is a 6A playoff team and had won multiple region championships in a row. They tied them to start the year and played a pretty tough game with undefeated 6A Brunswick as well. So I'd watch out for MCA. They've done a really good job over there. And I don't know, John, if I'd call these guys an underdog. I just don't know if enough people statewide are talking about them. Ware County is about to go on a run. Obviously, everyone looks at Thomas Castellanos as they should. I think he might be top five high school quarterback. I mean, we can argue about different prospects, but high school quarterbacks, Thomas Castellanos is certainly one of the top five in the state of Georgia. But also, Cartavius Norton, who's a big running back, Ware County is going to make a lot of noise. Which matchup are you most looking forward to in round one of the playoffs? Oh, that's tough. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. I think Coffee at Creekside is going to be a fun one that we're watching out for. And then I know Camden, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they were a four seed last year and went up to Walton and gave them everything they wanted to. They're a four seed again, and they're at North Cobb. I think Camden with Jamie Felix playing running back, that's going to be a really fun game there. And then uh, Effingham County – they are really a surprise team as well out of 6A. They're up at Westlake, and if you don't know about the Rebels, you should. When you look at Sean Pender and what has gone on at Brunswick this year, running the table the way that they have, having to go to Effingham to get a region title, what's it been like to, to keep an eye on the Pirates this year? 
it's really cool to see this team finally play up to what a lot of us have expected out of them. I know Sean Pender, one of the best coaches in the state, in my opinion. I mean, just one of those whiteboard guys where he can make you feel really small really quick when he starts talking football on a whiteboard. But <laughs> it's just the way that they've gone about it, right, is running the football. They have three running backs, Hill, Simmons, and Charlton, who are all really good. The addition of Jaden Drayton this year. And they just look, they're like, listen, it's, it's simple football, right? We have big guys up front, and we have really good offensive linemen. Let's just run the football and then go play action off of that. Then the flip side, Thomas Cheddar, their defensive coordinator, has done an unbelievable job. I think that defense is a big reason why they're 10-0. Which teams do you still see competing in the second weekend in December? That's a lot. Uh, There's a lot of teams from our area that I think are going to make some noise. if, if I had to give you my guarantees, I think Ware County is absolutely going to be there. Mm-hmm. Benedictine, I think, is going to be there. I can't wait to see what I, I'm just going to predict. It's going to be a Marist Benedictine game coming mm-hmm. up in the third round. I, just, I, I hope we get the coin flip so we get to <laughs> we don't have to drive too far to cover that one. But I, I, I think you're going to see a lot. I think Calvary Day, they they really relied on defense and running the football to start the season, and then Jake Merklinger, their quarterback, really stepped up as it went. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams from South Georgia advance pretty deep into these playoffs. Christian, as always, my friend, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for breaking down things on the coast. We'll be keeping an eye and catching up soon. Yeah, you guys keep that cold weather up there. (laughs) Good stuff. Thank you. I was going to say, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the second weekend in December, but we'll see. Next up, it's a battle for the tag team championships here when it comes to high school football in the state of Georgia. Coming up, it is the guys from the prep zone, WRBL-TV in Columbus, Rex Castillo and his undefeated Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. I know there's going to be a drop in there somewhere. And uh, hometown product Jack Patterson, Rex and Jack hanging out with Hannah and John. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. All right, so I have a number between 1 and 10. And whoever is closest, we're going to play Price is Right rules. Whoever guesses closest gets to answer first. This way we have order. This way we have order. Rex, give me a number. 1.1. Jack? I always go with number seven. Right on. So Jack wins the showcase showdown. Jack will go first. So, Jack, as the local guy, let me ask you this. How many surprises have come out of the Western Frontier this year, or has it pretty much been chalk? Uh, there's been a couple of teams who have kind of snuck up on us and they have kind of been ahead of schedule. One team that comes off the top of the mind is Sly County. That's a very young team and they have impressed. They gave Macon County all they wanted in their matchup earlier this season. They beat Chatco. Chatco's another great, great squad we have down in 1A public. But Sly County seems like a team that could make some noise this year and down the line as well. All right, so now Hannah gets to ask Rex the question. Does, this does is Rex how not get to answer the same question? Well, he can if he wants, unless you have a follow-up. Okay, so Rexy, go ahead. Well, <laughs> Hannah, thank you for standing up for me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you are welcome. You're welcome. One of the teams I, I would have to, down in Class 1A is, again, uh, oh. Wildfly County has been great. Chaco also gave Macon County everything they wanted. Uh, you know, it, it was a heavyweight fight down there in Casita, but then going up to Class 4A, we have to just give a lot of props to what Matt Napier is doing up in LaGrange. Uh, that was a, a program that, you know, has been kind of meddling, uh, floundering a little bit. He, last year he takes it over. This year they're making even more noise. So I think the, the Grangers have a real good shot at, at a pretty good playoff run this uh, this season. 
How would you guys sum up West Georgia? For for those who don't keep up with West Georgia football, what was the season like? What are your expectations heading into playoffs? And we'll go snake draft rules, and so Rex will answer first. Oh, now we're just getting so tricky. All right, Rex, <laughs> you first. So to go with um, – you're in West – West Georgia football has been incre- ever since I've been here has been incredibly competitive. Um, get ready for to get you know to start out in shorts and t-shirts when you're covering these teams and getting ready to layer up uh, in November and December. The, these teams have been just raising the bar every single year. Uh, it's been incredible to see from the 1A all the way up to 5A that these guys you know it's pretty much a gauntlet every single week for a lot of these teams uh, that they want to get better. They want to get ready to make runs at Atlanta. I've been so impressed with how some coaches like a Corey Joyner or a Carver have completely taken um, the tradition of winning back to campus. But then you have guys like Matt Napier who help revitalize programs and guys who, who move around to, to Chaco with Pierre Coffey. And then you have teams like Sly County that have a renaissance season after being down as well. So it's a really busy, a lot of fun. And a lot of these fans are used to really long seasons. Jack, what comes to mind? Uh, I kind of go along the same lines as Rex. You have so much talent that called the Chattahoochee Valley home in our uh, in West Georgia, you know, and so much, you know, you obviously we have the defending two A state champion Callaway Cavaliers. You know, you have teams like Carver who, you know, like Rex said, Corey Joyner has revitalized that program since he's been there. And then you have teams, you know, like a Sly County under Darren Alford who's been, you know, who's coming back to power after being down for a little bit. Pierre Coffey in his second year at Chatco, bringing that program back to power. You know, the talent is there. And then, you know, what Dwight Jones has done at Pacelli, Blair Harrison back at Brookstone. You know, the state of West Georgia football right now is pretty doggone good. All right, so Jack, then let me ask you this, and then Rex can follow up. Give me some of the athletes that uh, we should be focusing on here in the playoffs, at least in round one. Jack, who are some of the guys that have been there in West Georgia that folks need to be paying attention to come the playoffs? Uh, I'll start with Carver and their um, dynamic duo in the backfield of DJ Riles and Jaden Cradle. Uh, DJ has been fantastic. I honestly think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. He has taken this team to new levels ever since he took over the starting role. And then when you have a running back like uh, Jaden Cradle, we call him Flip down here, you know, and, you know, he's been one of the leading rushers in the state of Georgia. So he's been fantastic for that program. I think this is one of Carver's best teams since the Dell McGee era. So I think that this Carver team can go far. They got a tough draw with Jefferson, particularly in the second round, but mm-hmm. I think if they get past Jefferson, they can make a run to Atlanta. Rex, what do you think? Uh, to say along the same lines with, with the Carver Tigers, uh, if you like offensive linemen, Elijah Pritchett is protecting DJ Riles, and Elijah Pritchett's taking his talent to Tuscaloosa. So a, a five-star guy who's an outstanding guard for him, and it also helps when you have somebody who's going to play in Nick Saban's program protect you, so that's always really nice. <laughs> yes. But uh, to, to go down to the Class 1A um, uh, ranks, we'll go, we'll go back to Sly County. Jay Kanazawa is a young quarterback. That whole entire Sly County team has maybe four or five seniors on oh, wow. it. So Darren Alford has a lot of talent. You're going to hear a lot from the Wildcats in the next couple of years. Jay Kanazawa is a guy. Uh, they brought in a brand-new offensive coordinator this year, and to see what this team has done, putting up 40 points is very, very common for them. But I don't think they'll do that in a lot of what's going to happen in 1A public. But the fact that they have that kind of power, power, they have uh, Zachevius Walker's little brother, Xavion. Zachevius is over at Auburn right now. And I believe that some power five guys are looking at him. This is a team that's a lot of fun. 
Uh, highlights are not hard to come by when you cover Spy County, so it's really <laughs> it's really fun to cover them. And to just go back to the talent thing real quick, there was a game, Auburn versus Georgia State. Usually homecoming has nothing to do with it. There were 20-plus kids from the Chattahoochee Valley area on that field at one time on the rosters. Well, we sent Jack to cover that game, so there were like 23 people from the Chattahoochee Valley at that game. <laughs> so just talking about the talent in that area. But as the playoffs come along, Sly County could be a team where I think if things fall their way and they play, they play up to their potential, you could see them in the second, third round easily. Yeah, for sure. I like Sly County too. Okay, those are players to watch, teams to watch. Obviously, Sly County on the board. What are y'all's um, biggest matchups, most watched matchups for this first round of the playoffs? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think whoever Troop County draws as well. I, I um, gosh, that that name is who their matchup is is really escaping. But with Troop County, Troop they County play on falling in the first round. Thank you, Jack. He he has the bracket in front of him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With, with uh, Teo Todd as well, another sophomore kid who, for some reason, it just racks up Teo yards. With Todd. With Teo with Todd. His, uh, he was on the Captain on the Kickoff show last week. What a great kid, too. A sophomore for some reason. So mm-hmm. Jack and I look at everyone else and it's like, all right, y'all have fun with two more years of this because this is just ridiculous. <laughs> the kid throws a 50-yard bomb and like, all right, now I'm going to go run for 60 yards. God bless every defensive coordinator in Troop County. But it's, uh, I think whatever they can do, I want to see if Tao can take this team to the next level. Yes, he's in 4A. Yes, Troop County has, has always had this potential. He had to step in the shoes of, of a Kobe Hudson at quarterback, and he's done phenomenal. I think he's ready to, to write his own legacy. Jack, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to step away. Uh, I'm going to go down to 1A private. Uh, Brookstone, they are the three seed out of that region. They're taking on a Whitefield Academy team on the road. But the thing is, Brookstone has already defeated Whitefield Academy on the road this season. They had a great comeback victory over them earlier in the year. And this Brookstone team has gotten nothing but better ever since the beginning of the season. You know, they did have a tough tough sledding in the battle for the Brucelli jug against Pacelli. But this Brookstone team is good. And I think they can surprise a few people in the playoffs as well. You know, I think they can beat Whitefield Academy again. And as far as the higher classifications go, I'm looking at LaGrange and Baldwin. That LaGrange team is very talented with Chase Need, a quarterback. You have A.J. Tucker, the fantastic running back for them, Malachi Render as well. So I think that LaGrange team can is built to go on the road and knock off a team like Baldwin. Well, guys, thanks for all the work that you do every single football Friday, whether it's on this side of the border in this time zone or in the central time zone. You guys do tremendous work there at WRBL-TV in the prep zone. Thanks for hanging out with us for uh, determining the tag team champs. We'll call it a time limit draw. (laughs) Oh, come on. See, this is what happens when you get to cut the promo and you're in charge of the clock. Guys, thanks a lot. We'll catch up with you down closer to the championships. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nelly. Thanks, guys. Bye, Hannah. Our next GPB Sports All-Star mm-hmm. is my girl Paige Dower, Sports Director <laughs> at WALB, covering all the top games from Central Georgia to Southwest Georgia. Paige, just sum up what you have seen this season as we head into the playoffs. This year has probably been one of the more exciting years I've covered in my few years here in Southwest Georgia. We've got a lot of surprise teams and a lot of teams really rising to the top. I'd say, you know, Lee County and Doherty are kind of my favorites going into the postseason. So, Paige, when it comes to those surprises, you mentioned Lee County, and I know a lot of folks were looking at Lee to be at the top of the polls in 6A. Doherty, they go from a team that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated last season to having a great run this year. Who are some of those teams that have flown below the radar for you that are surprises heading into Game 11? 
Well, I mean, I would still say Doherty is kind of a team that's been under the radar. I think in the beginning they were beating up on some uh, bad teams, I guess you could say. And, you know, in this region matchup, you know, region part of the year, they've really proven themselves to be a true contender and to not underestimate them. Um, One team, though, that might – is a big question mark for me, though, is Pelham. Uh, They started out strong, but now they've been in close games they shouldn't have been in. I think they've lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. So they're my biggest question mark going into the postseason as far as what to expect from them. What is your top matchup from your region that you cover, that you are watching, there, that you have your eye on this Friday? I know Lee County, it looks like they play Grovetown. Yeah, Lee, yeah. County, Lee County's got Grovetown there in Leesburg as a 1-4. But what's your, what's your marquee matchup that's in the spot shadow for Paige this week? Our marquee matchup this week, well, we have just a few teams. Obviously, we've got single-A playing, uh, you know, on Saturday and stuff, too. So, you always want to look out for, you know, those Irwin and uh, Brooks County teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Seminole County, they've made it to the, the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Um, but, you know, you always want to look out for Irwin and, and, and Doherty. But I'm excited for Lee County. They've been off a week, obviously, so I'm excited for them to get back in there and kind of uh, blow some teams out of the water again. Who are some of the standout athletes that for folks who haven't seen the locker room and haven't been tracking highlights all season long, who are some of the the standouts for you that you're going to be keeping an eye on here coming out of Southwest Georgia for the playoffs? Let's go back to Lee County. If you have not been introduced to Usmani Chroma, I feel bad for you. <laughs> uh, he's a guaranteed first down type of guy. He's their best running back. Uh, he really powers the offense. He is the engine of this offense. Um, on 151 touches, he has 17 touchdowns. Uh, whenever this team is struggling on offense to get the passing game going, you just hand it to your guy, and he goes. And why not be a run-happy team? I mean, their linebackers and their fullbacks, they are phenomenal blockers. You've got Debo Roberts and Jeremiah Jenkins who really do a great job of creating those gaps for guys like Usmani to just explode out of the trenches and, you know, more times than not reach the end zone. Um, But people uh, know, you know, Chase Belcher and Jakari Brown out of Wound, but they are still very exciting players to watch. You know, you'll always have a show every time you see them. Uh, We go back to to Doherty, Cam Davis. You know, he's an FSU commit, and he scrambles just like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he is a a great (laughs) all-around athlete, so... (laughs) I think those are some guys that everyone's going to want to keep an eye on come postseason. Paige, you're in the field. You're in the studio. You do it all. Is there a specific storyline that you're following this week heading into the playoffs? Maybe something that nobody knows about? Is there like a, a cool story that, that you can share that you've got your you got your eye on? Is there a no, Paige I mean, Dower feature that, uh, yeah. that, you kind of, that you kind of have up your sleeve about the postseason <laughs> or any of these teams? You know, not quite yet, and that's probably something I'll look to in... uh, It's only Monday. (laughs) Yes, right. Uh, But no, it's a great question, and you always want to keep your eye out for those. And you, uh, you know, you all mentioned Doherty last year being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, being that 0-5 team, no one believing in them. You know, this is Coach Johnny Gilbert's third season. This is the best season they've had since 2005 when they did make it to the the finals, I believe, that year. Um, 
and they're a team that's they're a great story and they've been so much fun to cover and you know i think if they can really maybe start stronger in the first half of these games they have a real potential to make it pretty far on these playoffs so i just think as a whole and the character of that team i mean they're a team that you just want to root for you want them to be successful so you know coming into that first round that's definitely one we want to you know keep an eye on and it's that feel-good story you want from every region right so they oh, definitely yeah. get West. But Bainbridge, I think they're a great team that maybe has been flying under the radar a little bit. You know, they've won back-to-back -back region titles for the first time in program history. Their last state championship was that 2018 season when they, you know, battled through everything that had to do with Hurricane Michael. Yep. And a lot of the guys from that 18 team are now seniors on this team, like the Bowie brothers, um, who did get some playing time in 2018. So there's just a lot in this week where they're just hoping to make that state championship run in the season in Atlanta. So they're definitely a storyline we are looking out as well. They've won 10 consecutive region games. They've not lost a region game in a couple of seasons. So they're going into this first round with all the momentum. Well, I think you just came up with some good stories. There you go. I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready to watch your reports, Paige. <laughs> Hey, great job. Thank you so much for joining us on this rapid fire version of our podcast. And we can't wait to see your coverage. And thank you so much for being on. Yeah, Hannah, thank you all for having me on the show. It was fun. And we'll be sure to look out for you guys in Atlanta, too. Next up. And, you know, I feel like there's only one way that you really can introduce Marvin James from WMAZ TV. How's that? Uh, <clears throat> oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Mr. Collinsworth, I'm like, oh! I like it. I like it. It's improved. It's improved. Well, I had to back I know away. Hannah, from... Hannah, Hannah, Hannah's looking at me like I've lost my mind. She cringes. She cringes every time. It's, but she's I get, just can't. I, I just I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, no, it's all love. And, oh. I had to, and I had to back away from the microphone so I didn't have to blow out the entire studio and everybody oh, yeah, who's yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. glass. Yeah, you kind of have to master that part. My audio crew is always getting on me about that. All right, so let's get Amazing. the Central Georgia perspective on things, Marvin. And first and foremost, as we head into the first round of the playoffs, from a 30,000-foot perspective, was it pretty much what you expected when it came to teams making it into the playoffs, top seeds, region standings, all that kind of stuff? Was it chalk, or were there some surprises thrown in there, too? I think it was pretty much um, far for the course. I think the all the biggest shock for me was coming out of a region one five A, Warner Robins. Um, you know, taking that second seed mm -hmm. after a loss to uh Ware County on the road, which Ware County is definitely a top top ranked team and you know, taking nothing from them. But I, I think that was kind of a surprise. I thought that Warner Robins had the edge, but uh, I guess because it was an away game and they had a couple things going on that week, you know, they, I think they were like on fall break and then they had a bye. So two weeks of idle time with teenagers is never good. But um, but other than that, I think everything is kind of put, um, coming on pretty strong. GMC um, prep out of Millersville, they're yes. undefeated for the first mm -hmm. time and um, maybe forever. I mean, it's just been a great season for them. They've done a great, um, you know, um, had a great year, and they're continuing to build on, on the program. So, yeah, that probably be the two biggest surprises for me. They're in central Georgia. What are your – biggest matchups for the first round of the playoffs that you're keeping your eye on? Well, I'm excited about You have to forgive me. I'm not uh, all the way up on the um, updates of exactly who the showdowns are, so you can tell me. But Blakely County, 
Um, they're ten and zero. Who are they playing? Bleckley is Early County, the number one out of Region Four. So Early County comes to Cochrane to take on Von Lasseter in the first round. Yeah, they're undefeated as well. And Vaughn has done a great job at his program after returning to his alma mater, after coming from Houston County during those Jake Fromm years. I'm just excited to see him back in the hunt. Um, Jones County, back-to-back region champs. Um, they struggled a little bit early in the uh, beginning of the season. So I'll be excited to see how they're going to um, you know, play as well. Um, this year is a little different. I think last year we did a little bit of this as well, but having those games on Saturday yeah. are just a little different than what we're used to. So I'm, I'm kind of um, interested to see how the Northside and Houston counties um, will play on Saturday as opposed to um, Friday. Uh, Saturday as opposed to Friday. It's not something that happens very often, and it doesn't seem like a really big thing. But, you know, like I said earlier, routines are a big part of high school sports. You know, you mentioned what's going on there in central Georgia. For those who haven't been able to to look at you and Ben and Frank and everybody on a, on a football Friday night, who are some of the stud athletes that you've had the chance to, to look at this season that folks will be getting to see for the first time perhaps here in the first week of the playoffs? Okay, I failed to mention Perry, so I'm going to talk about Perry and their star player. Daquan Wright, he is a big-time receiver, wide receiver going to uh, Virginia Tech. He has been up and down all over the field. This team has also won back-to-back region championships. The first time they won a region championship was 60 years ago, and now they won them back-to-back in two years. So they're really, really special. Simeon Askew plays with Houston County. He was leading the league, um, the whole state, in rushing at one point. Um, he got hurt um, two weeks ago against Scott Austin. He's had to sit a little bit, but he's still a 1,600, 1,700-yard rusher, and um, he's always going to be good for some highlights as well. And when you're talking about Warner Robins, obviously they're a team that's pretty loaded. Davion Walker is a new Vanderbilt commit. He is um, playing exciting football, and he's still getting um, offers from Marshall and a couple of other schools as well. Antoine Jackson is a cornerback who is a Liberty commit uh, for Warner Robins. Um, they're just, you know, loaded with a lot of talent coming back. Um, so those three schools right there are probably the, the, the three players, three or four players are probably the most exciting players to come out of this region. But this is when the light shines the brightest. So, you know, uh, we may be talking about some more people next week, you know. John asked you about your surprises. What about an underdog that could make a deep run in the playoffs? Underdog that can make a deep run in the playoffs. I think Northeast. I don't think they're an underdog, but they um, – But they fly below the finished. radar, though. They definitely fly below the radar. They, they got a chance to upset um, a 5A team in Jones County, which won their region. So that shows how talented they can be. You know, Coach Jeremy Wiggins um, has returned back to that program about two, three years ago. He, he took a hiatus and took a year off him and, and coached under Mike Chastain at Warner Robins for a while. And he got a, a bigger glimpse of, of what – um, high school football can really be. And I think he has those guys playing in the right direction. Travion Solomon is a is a big-time quarterback. He's being heavily recruited to play basketball at Mercer. Also play some football as well. So, you know, they have some players and pieces. And Zion Odoms um, that plays on that team is a big-time wide receiver. So they have some, some pieces as well. I think Northeast could be that spoiler um, if, they, if they keep things going in the direction they're, they're heading out. So are you anticipating pretty much a lot of the, the big names and the top seeds making their way through, at least to the quarterfinals, except for the possibility of a Warner Robins-Cartersville second-round game yeah. in Cartersville? because And that shows you what losing that region championship means yeah. is that your second-round game, you're having to go, and it's a rematch of last year's championship game. Yeah, I remember a couple of weeks ago when Blessed Trinity and Calhoun were playing, a lot of folks were saying, 
you know, nobody really wanted to win that game because they could end up playing one of Robbins in the second round. But, yeah, um, I definitely think it's a, it's a game that you need to circle on your calendar. I think Cartersville obviously wants a little bit of redemption. Um, anytime you, you lose a state championship where team scores 60 points on you, you know, you, you're never going to feel like you had your best day out there. But Warner Robbins is still pretty hungry. You know, uh, Marquise Westbrook is in his third year. Uh, I think he's 34-4, and four, you know, so far right now. Um, and that, that is a well-oiled machine. That program is returning back to some of the prominence. And that's just not a homer talking. It's just, you know, it really is, you know, impressive to see the way that they are continuing to do things really well. So, yeah, definitely um, think that Blakely County has a chance to, to, to put some things on. And I like I love to see them. I mean, they, they came up really short against a Raven County team um, last year with uh, Gunnar Stockton, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the road. But they were road warriors last year, and they were winning a whole bunch of games. So, you know, hopefully they can take another step, next step further. Said as the man who wore the red R on the helmet. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did a couple times. A couple times. But at, at, Homer. At, at, no, no. He <laughs> said. I know. Said, I know. I know. He said. I'm just joking. But no, as al- as always, my friend, it's great to, to hear your perspective on what's going on down there in uh, central Georgia. Big footprint going on with a lot of great football teams. Thanks for hanging out with us on uh, the all-star version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate you calling, John and Hannah. I hope you feel better. Thank okay? you. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. I needed that. Yeah, yeah. Last on our list of all-stars, lucky number seven. But not least, he's running the ankle Last leg but this not week. least, yep. it's GPB's Matt Stewart. We're going to have him talking about the Atlanta area. And, Matt, I'm going to start with the most important question. What matchups are you preferring this weekend? Well, number one, the one that we chose. We feel like we <laughs> there you go. Of Get the promo off the top. boy. <laughs> well, we picked the best game, so that's the best. That's the best game. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question in my mind. Coffee and uh, Coffee and Creekside is the best matchup in the first round. It's the only matchup in our rankings where we have two top ten teams going against each other in the uh, in the first round. I think it's a super matchup. You've got uh, you know two eight and two teams. Creekside's 10 points away from being undefeated on the season. We had them our opening football Friday in Georgia where they lost on a touchdown in the last two minutes of the game at number one in undefeated Cartersville. They lost by a field goal there. And then they lost uh, this past Friday night by, you know, a touchdown to fourth-ranked Woodward Academy. Uh, so uh, Creekside's a strong team that opened the year by beating 7A defending champion Grayson. Uh, team's loaded with talent. Uh, so I'm excited to see Creekside again and coffee, of course, been there, done that. I mean, going on the road and winning in the playoffs, that's what they do. That's kind of the definition of their football program. They've been in the quarterfinals, semifinals, or finals now five straight years. And typically they go on the road and win big games in the month of November. And so they're coming north to Fairburn, just outside of Atlanta, south of Atlanta to play Creekside. Expect a great ball game. That's the number one game that I'm looking forward to. And, uh, you know, it coincides with the fact that's the game we chose, but it's kind of six one way, half does the other. We chose that game because it's the best one. <laughs> so that is the best one, and that's, and that's why it's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think involving an Atlanta school and going south, the Walton and Colquitt County game is very intriguing. Walton 
you know, stubbed their toe the final week of the regular season, uh, losing to Marietta, and that's another team I think you, we, you know, we want to have on our radar going forward. And Marietta's been so up and down all season long. Are they up going into the playoffs? If they are, very dangerous team, a team to keep an eye on as they move throughout uh, past the first round and into the second round. But back to Walton. Don't know what happened to Walton in that regular season finale when they got smoked by, you know, Marietta. But here's a Walton team that opened the season by beating Lowndes in overtime at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the Corky Kell Classic. Uh, that's the Lowndes team that beat Colquitt County for the Region 1 championship. So now Walton going to Colquitt County to take on the Packers. We know how good they are. The question is, how good is Walton? Are we going to have an, a, a, an upset a possibility in the first round with a three seed going down to play the two seed down in Moultrie, or was the loss for Walton in the final game of the regular season against Marietta more of a warning sign that, uh, you know, Walton maybe has played their best for the season. But I think that's a great matchup too. The, the Walton at Colquitt County matchup certainly is a great matchup. And another matchup, uh, in the Atlanta area that I'd keep an eye on. It's another game that we televise, the second game of the season. It's a rematch of that West Forsyth Mill Creek game. That was a 38-10 final. Sounds like a blowout, and things got away from West Forsyth in the second half. But you'll remember, uh, you know, West Forsyth was right there with them. It's going to be a game going into halftime until Mill Creek got a blocked field goal attempt, scoop and score, and totally changed the entire complexion of that ball game in the second half of that late score in the final minute uh, of the first half and we all know how difficult it is to beat a team twice in one season um i'm not going out on the limb and saying that west forsyth's going to win at mill creek and pull off the upset but i'm definitely spot circling that one and saying hey keep an eye on that one because all those factors i just mentioned the 38 10 score in the in the regular season was not indicative of how close that game was from a talent standpoint, and number two, it's tough to beat a team twice in one season. So uh, I think uh, just those three right there off the top of my head here in the Atlanta area are games that uh, I would be looking at closely on Friday night. Okay, rapid fire for the remainder of the, the segment, and thanks for, for hanging out with us here on the podcast for your your semi your semi-season visits that we always do. Is there a dark horse out there that is really – spot shadowed for you as we head into the postseason are are there any real dark horses is there someone flying below the radar that folks aren't paying attention to well like i said i think marietta is interesting because they've been up and down all season long uh from week to week you can't predict what marietta team you're going to get they'll have a big win followed by a big loss they finished the you know season with a big win at walton i think the marietta team certainly has talent and if they're all put in, in you know and it's been a couple of years since they dominated 7A and won the 2019 state championship. Last year was rebuilding. This year's kind of been a little bit of rebuilding, reloading. And uh, it, it, do they put it together? Are they putting it together now at the right time? I think the I think the Marietta team is certainly one you know to keep an eye on. I, if if you're looking for a team that maybe is a dark horse, if you want to call a if you know if you want to go as far as to call a two seed a dark horse, right? Uh, I think so in 7A because I mean, it's powerful at the top. So if, Mil- if if Marietta wins in that first round against Tiff County, they go to Milton. So I, I think that's a that's a team in my mind that's a little bit of a dark horse 
even though, you know, I think we're – I know I had them back in the top ten in my 7A ballot this week. Can't have you on the podcast without talking about Cruton. Yeah. I think Georgia is stealing players from all over the country. Are there any uh, big surprises when it comes to recruiting that you've seen? No, well, uh, yeah, I don't know if I call them surprises, just how much Georgia is dominating the the landscape right now. I mean, they are, I mean, you know, this is the second year we've done the recruiting 2020-2021 show, and this year just so much of our content is Georgia-related. That's not because we're leaning towards Georgia. That's not because we're looking to just have a bunch of Georgia content. It's because the content is all Georgia. We're just following the content. We're following the stories. And Georgia just continues to clean up. They're getting flips across the southeast, not just Georgia players, but also flips around the southeast, Florida Gator you know, flips and maybe an LSU flip, and uh, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, just how powerfully Georgia is dominating the recruiting landscape is the big surprise to me. I mean, they're just getting everybody. I mean, as as much as you can get everybody, they're getting everybody. <laughs> so who are some of these top- Because you can't get everybody because you've got scholarship <laughs> limits. But, I mean, basically what I'm saying, whoever they want, they're getting them. So who are some of these top recruits, top commits that we'll see playing in the second weekend in December? Oh, well, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to see – hopefully we're going to see uh, Travis Hunter play now – and I throw him out there because he's still committed to Florida State and maintains uh-huh. his dream school, and he's not going to flip. You know, and every article we'll that see. you read, mm-hmm. you know, when they write articles about the 10 most likely prospects to flip, his name's at the top of it because he's the number one prospect in the country. I don't know. I tend to take him at his word. I've seen interviews with Travis uh, about this, and he seems convincing to me, but everybody keeps, you know, pushing this narrative that he will flip. He has been to Georgia a lot. Even though he's committed to Florida State, he's taken a number of game day visits uh, to Georgia. Uh, and I'm, I'm no recruiting expert. I've been around a lot of recruiting experts, so I think I've, I've gleaned a lot of knowledge and absorbed a lot of knowledge from hanging out with those guys. And, you know, kind of my mentor in the recruiting business is Barton Simmons, uh, who was with 24-7 Sports. He's now the general manager of the football program for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah. And he, he said that, I mean, look, if you want to look at one thing, just look at visits. Where does the kid keep going? You know? And, you know, where, where did he take his final visit? That's not a surefire thing. It's not a 100% thing. But if you just follow the – where do they keep going? Where do they keep going to on Saturdays? Where do they keep going to during the college football weekend? Uh, and uh, more often than not, that's going to be a, a great tool for you to make a predictor on where that kid's going to end up. So then last question for you, and thanks for hanging out. When it comes to each of these eight championships as we head toward Georgia State, which championship, which classification do you think will be the most competitive where we could have the most the most or the largest number of folks who could be a champ by the end of the playoffs? Hmm. Okay. Let me think through that real quick. I, you know, right now, just based on our last, I think 3A, I don't know what's going to happen in 3A. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of movement there. We had Cedar Grove lose the final week of the regular season to Sandy Creek. Didn't hurt them any. They, they're still a number one seed coming out of their region, so they didn't lose any playoff positioning by losing that game. But, you know, it does, you know, it just 
causes me to pause a little bit. And so who is the best team in 3A? And Pierce County had a huge the defending champions, you know, with replacing a ton of players this year. They had a, a huge win the last week of the season, beating Appling County. So I'm thinking that um, just off the top of my head, 3A is a little bit of a mystery to me. You know, and the other ones in 7A, you got the you got three schools there that I think are you know will produce the champion in 6A. Maybe just a couple of schools there that'll produce the champion. 5A could be a little bit of a mystery. Cartersville's been our number one, and they're undefeated. Warner Robins is lurking, possibly a second round matchup rematch of the state final in the in the second round there. Uh, and Ware County, of course, did beat Warner Robins when we were all thinking that Warner Robins was unbeatable. So obviously they're not unbeatable because they were beaten once during the season. So I think there's probably three teams there in, in 5A. Uh, you know, in 4A, you got Maris back at top. Uh, Jefferson took a loss to North, o- North Oconee late in the season, so they go into the playoffs as a two seed. I've been liking Carver Columbus uh, maybe more than some others. Uh, in in 4A all season long, I say keep an eye on those guys. They fly a little bit under the radar, I think, just simply because they play, the, you know, the vast majority of their games in the Columbus area, and it just doesn't seem like it gets as much publicity as some other places. So, and you know, in, in 2A, I, I guess I'm just running through all the classes. You didn't ask me to, but I guess I'm just <laughs> running through all the classes. Uh, I'm just kind of, uh, I'm riffing here. I'm just uh, top of mind conversation with myself. But, you know, in 2A, does Gunnar Stockton do what Brock, Brock Vandergriff did last year, mm-hmm. you know, in his senior year, get the, get that state championship? You know, I, I think that's the compelling storyline for me in, in 2A, not that you asked me what the compelling storyline was, but that's what it is Hey, for I appreciate me. it. In two, oh good! I'm I'm glad I'm glad you appreciate it. And, you know, in single A, it's you know it's the it's the Irwin and Brooks Invitational until you know proven otherwise, right? right. And in you know and Trinity Christian, if they don't win the state championship by 50 points, it'll be a shock. Well, Matt, as always, it's great to have you on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, breaking down everything as we get ready for our game. Recruiting 2021 starts at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Mm -hmm. We head to the Swamp for coffee and Creekside for our game of the week for Football Fridays. Matt and Wayne Gandy on the call. Hannah will be in studio across the hall. I will be outside freezing, which is my normal position this time of year. That is another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for Matt, for all of our guests. Marvin James, WMAZ, Paige Dower, WALB, Rex and Jack from WRBL in Columbus, Christian Gokel, ESPN Coastal, Todd Holcomb, the Georgia High School Football Daily. Mm -hmm. For Matt, for Hannah, I'm John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your playoffs. We'll catch up with you next week.